0: Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, come to you uh, this morning and as we gather here as your people and as we turn to, uh, turn to this word, uh, Lord, that you would speak. Um, and Lord, just lead us and guide us uh, in every aspect of, aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so uh <clears throat> oh, just before I start the message, I just wanted to uh quickly once again if uh you know this next this coming weekend we have a college group retreat, and so we would really appreciate it if you guys could just uh cover uh this retreat with your prayers. This is the first time that we are doing college group retreat, and so um, that that was a decision that we have made uh in the in the leadership and so Uh, We we will be having it uh, this weekend. Um, The guest speaker is Pastor Sam, the youth pastor of our church. So if you could just pray for him as well, uh, that we could um, really come together and just be united in the Lord. And um, and if you are still on the fence uh, as a college student, you know, please register today. It would really help us in our planning and the Venmo payment is definitely uh, preferred for us. Um, so the title of my message today is uh, The Peacemakers. And, um, you know, when you listen to interviews during the Miss Universe pageant, the interviewer usually asks, you know, what is, one thing that, uh, what is one thing the contestant would like to change if she had power? And usually the answer, without fail, goes something like, mm, if I had that one power to change world peace. Right? And everybody goes, whoa, good answer, good answer, right? So people tend to just talk about things like that, world peace. Um, and just about everyone wants world peace, unless you are a terrorist, obviously, or an anarchist. Right? Then, of course, you wouldn't want that. But, but outside of those few individuals, you know, people, people want peace. But the, thing, the reality is, I mean, as we have been seeing in the news lately, The rising tension with Iran has grabbed the headline news. I mean, it was reported that an airstrike against them uh, was called off at the last minute. So we came this close to going war with them. It was pretty close from what I hear. And then there is this impromptu meeting between President Trump and Kim Jong-un, right? It wasn't even planned at the last minute. They just got together and they did a photo shoot and all, all those things. and Plenty of people remain pretty skeptical about the whole thing, and, and yet there are few that are some, somehow hopeful. So when we look at all the things that are going on in the world, it seems like peace seems near and yet so far away. The funny thing is, it seems like everyone talks about achieving or maintaining peace, but we all know in reality It hasn't happened ever since the beginning of human history, and it doesn't look like we will get there anytime soon. So the question that we can kind of think about is, if this is the kind of peace Jesus is talking about here, blessed are the peacemakers, so is Jesus talking about this kind of peace or something else? So today, my message consists of three points, um, so, we're going to be looking at the problem and the provision and the peacemakers. So, the first point uh, is the problem, the problem of peace. As I said earlier, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. We have a problem with having or maintaining peace, even though everyone talks about wanting it, even though everybody talks about somehow having peace in the world, and yet, We simply cannot achieve peace. So what is the problem? If everybody wants it, so why can't we have it? Peace is defined in the dictionary as freedom from uh, suffering, any suffering. Freedom of the mind from any annoyance, distraction, and anxiety. That's how the dictionary defines peace. And even by the standard definition of peace, there is no peace in the world. All we see is Violence, cyberbullying, right? Conflicts everywhere, everywhere. The problem is, people are looking for peace in the wrong places. Actually, we have a wrong, uh, very shallow and limited under, uh, definition of peace, for that matter. You know how, like, when we are looking for things and we can't find it? I'm sure we all have our... Maybe it hasn't happened to you, but with me a few times, I just couldn't find my cell phone. I knew I had, you know, so I'm just looking for the cell phone, and like, where's my cell phone? I'm just looking all over my place, and then, you know, I would just, like, bother grace. Where'd you put it, or, like, where, where, where is this thing, right? And um, you just can't find it, and then... Finally, you realize that maybe I should just go downstairs and check my car. Maybe somehow the the cell phone just, I dropped it as I was getting out of the car or something, and you just go down there, and you look for it in your car, and sure enough, you can find your cell phone. But you can't find it in your house because the phone is simply not there, right? I think one of the reasons, main reasons why we cannot have peace is because we are looking for peace and searching for peace and just wanting peace in the wrong places. If you try to find true peace in things or people in this world, we are not going to find it. But that's what this world tries to do. They try to find peace and have peace through different means and th- different things. Some countries, right? they think that having a nuclear warhead right, that will guarantee their existence of their regime or somehow just deter other countries from attacking them. So they just talk about try to have peace, somehow have to avoid war by developing nuclear programs. Right? Um, or some countries they come together you know, just and form a pact like NATO or the, the, the UN. Right? That's how this world tries to have peace among the nations and among the people groups. Or sometimes tries to just build up military power That as long as we have a strong military power, then nobody's going to just mess with us. So that's how this world tries to have peace. But what the world gets wrong is that they dismiss or deny the spiritual peace, which is the true peace. The world rejects God, and so obviously uh, they uh, disregard the real peace that we need. That is the peace with God. Because they deny God in the first place. So they can try to just talk about peace all they want. They try to achieve peace. Maybe, you know, just have like Peace Corps or like all these programs, uh, implement like programs and uh, just form many, many organizations. And yet, instead of getting better, it gets worse and worse. And so they say, oh, we have to just put in more money. We have to put up a set of more programs. We have to somehow educate people. Education is a way out of uh, conflicts. Is it really? Even the most uh, well-educated country can still get into conflicts because the world and people are looking for peace in the wrong places. And they have a very shallow and um, understanding or the definition of peace. Spiritual peace, not the cessation of physical violence, is what Jesus is primarily talking about here in this verse, the peacemakers, those who make peace. He's talking about the spiritual peace. And secondarily, he's talking about peace in the sense of harmony or having accord with one another. So he's not completely disregarding that we are to really just seek peace among ourselves, among people. But first and primarily, he's talking about spiritual peace. Peace with God. So this peace with God is what we truly need. But the world does not recognize it, and they deny it. Scripture teaches us that we are at enmity with God because of our sin. You see, we are at war. You know how like uh, we are... In the brink of like almost getting into this escalating tension with the Iran. but Or like we are at, at, technically at war with terrorists, right? But we've been at war ever since the very beginning of human history. That we've been at war with, with God. That we are the sworn enemies of God. Scripture teaches us because of our sinfulness. Even in our best days, think about a day or moment when you were the most spiritual. You felt the closest to God, right? Or even in our best days, or even the best version of ourselves, whatever that means. People talk about it. I I still don't know what that really means, but people people talk about it. Oh, I want to be the best uh, best version of myself. We still fall short of what God wants and what God calls for. And that is having righteousness, having the right relationship with God on our own. It is impossible because we are at war with God constantly at every waking moment. The thing is, our sense of goodness, our standard of goodness are perverted. And we cannot even stand before God as righteous people because of our sin. Think about this. Imagine um, you have some really important people, precious people over as your guests. Like these are like the VIPs, VVIP, whatever. Um, And so you are cooking for them, and you decide to make omelets. And so you crack, you know, just a dozen eggs, and then you just put them into the mix, you know, and uh, you got to just, you know, stir it and things. But you realize after you crack them and just put them all in there, out of the, uh, the 12, About a couple of them are rotten eggs. Now, when you realize that, but it's already in there. Now, when you realize that, would you say, well, 10 out of 12 isn't too bad, right? At least like 10 out of 12 eggs are normal, good eggs. It's just two rotten eggs that are just put in there. So I'm just gonna serve this, right? And just give it to your guests. Would you consider it to be a, a good omelet? Of course not, right? And yet, Oftentimes, that's what we do with God. God, yeah, okay, I'm not perfect, all right? Okay, I, I do mess up uh, time to time, but overall, I am a good person. This world, and uh, many people say, I am basically a good person. I don't go around and kill anybody, right? I, ch- I do, like, a lot of community service. I volunteer. I go to church on Sundays. I'm basically a good person. I am good enough. I'm not perfect, but basically, I'm a good person. So God should accept me. I should be able to get into heaven based on my goodness, right? The thing is, doesn't matter how, say 99% of your life is good and perf- uh, great, right? Which I don't think anybody can really truly say. But even with that 1% rottenness, that the sin, that will completely just mess up everything, About who we are before God. See, because of our sinful nature, we cannot have peace with God but at war. We are at war with God constantly. Because we will always contend with God in everything that we do, everything that we every motive, our speech, action, everything. We try to just usurp his throne. So we'll always be at odds with God. And so it is impossible for us to have peace with God because of our pride and our selfishness and our sinful nature. Left to ourselves, we cannot ever achieve peace. That's why this world can just pour billions and trillions of dollars into trying to achieve peace, and that can never happen because the problem is our heart. Every one of our hearts is so selfish, self-centered, and try to do things our way. So it's not a matter of having more programs, putting more money into it. We can't ever uh, achieve peace. We cannot have peace with God on our own. It's not a matter of trying your hardest. That still is not good enough. And because of our sinful nature, we cannot achieve peace in this world. And... um, even like uh, among the closest allies, there's still this silent but fierce covert operation still going. To try to just get an upper hand on each other. Try to just gather as much information as possible. Espionage is just everywhere. And cyber, uh, you know, security is such a big concern, right? So whether it is a physical or spiritual uh, peace, we cannot achieve it on our own. And that is the problem that we have with the peace, achieving peace in this world. And this leads to my second point, is the provision. The bad news is there's nothing we can do to have peace with God, which is a big problem. If all our efforts, all our trying to be reconciled to God cannot achieve the objective, then what hope do we have? But the good news the gospel is that God has made it possible. That God initiated a way. And it was through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says this. If you can turn to the, yeah. Therefore, we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That by faith, when we stand before God, when we put our, uh, humble ourselves and give our lives over to Christ, surrender our lives to Him, and trust in Him, that now we have peace with God through the work and the person of Jesus Christ. While we were yet enemies of God, at war with Him constantly, He sent His Son, His only Son, Jesus to be sacrificed in our place, to be offered to make peace with us. And what Scripture teaches us is that Jesus didn't simply give us peace. You know, Jesus talks about, my peace I give unto you, right? Jesus didn't simply give us peace, but he himself became our peace. There is this missionary named Don Richardson, and he wrote a book called Peace Child. And he was a missionary to a tribe called Sawi uh, in New Guinea. So it was like a little like, jungle, and there are a tribe, tribe uh, called Sawi uh, lived there along with other warring uh, tribes. And this tribe were morally backward. So they valued treachery more than sacrifice. They really did. So when he, when he shared the gospel with them, guess what? Judas Iscariot emerged hero rather than the sacrifice of Jesus. So when they talked about how Jesus was sacrificed, and it was Judas who betrayed him and handed over, over to the people who were going to just kill him. And then the people in Zawih, they said, oh, good job. My man, Judas Iscariot, Yeah, we, are, we like him. He's my guy. Right? That was their response because of their culture. Right? How on earth could he get the message of gospel across? And then, providentially, God, he, uh, Don Richardson discovered their unique culture, where for one tribe to make peace with, the, uh, with an enemy tribe, each tribe had to offer a, what they call peace child. So one of their own children was given over to the other tribe, so they would swap a child from their own tribe in order to establish peace because it wasn't anything else but the the child was given over. So as long as these children were alive, there was peace between the tribes. No matter what happened, even though there may be scuffles or whatever, wrongs been done with one another, but there was peace. No matter what. Don Richardson saw that and realized that he could use that to communicate that Jesus is the perfect peace child, the one that was given by God to make peace with men forever, that Jesus Christ is the one who will never die, even though the children, they're frail, they will just die. Once the the children die, then the deal is off, that they can just go back to war. But he talked about how Jesus as the peace child that would never die, that he would secure the peace with God and men forever, for all eternity. And the Saudi people finally understood that, and over time, the gospel has changed their culture and their way of life and their lives forever. Jesus' death and sacrifice forever secure for us our peace with God not only does he give peace to us, but the scripture tells us and the gospel informs us that Jesus himself is our peace. And that's what God has done for us while we are at war with God. Usually the U.S. government, right, against the sworn enemies, they will do whatever it takes right, to go after them and destroy them, making sure that they will never, ever come back at them, right? That no more, there will not be a repeat of 9-11, they will make sure of that, and they will take whatever it takes, whatever the cost. But with God, even though He was at war, and we are the one who offended God, we are the one who um, went, uh, rebelled against God and against His reign, but it is God who offered His only Son to us so that we could have this lasting peace, the forever peace with God. And um, and the last point is the peacemakers. Now, we have to, and Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, we have to understand that there is a difference between peacekeepers and peacemakers. right? The UN, they send when there is a conflict in the region or in the country, what do they send? The peacekeepers. right? They are sent there, to keep uh, keep peace, whatever that means, it's very passive and superficial. They are sent there to main, maintain the order, right? Some sort of order, some sort of peace, that, the avoidance of conflict. Right? If you have seen like the, the movie Black Hawk Down, right? The U- U.S. Marines are there, going crazy, you know, with the uh, the people there, and. Um, and Mogadishu, and then, um, you know, so they were just, they were so desperate, so they were just calling the UN peacekeepers to come and just help them transport the, 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 the soldiers that were in trouble, right? The peacekeepers, even there was war going on, and yet, they're there for peace, right? So the, main, the so there's a difference between the peacekeepers and the peacemakers, right? That we are not simply there, we are not to simply be peacekeepers, you know, Having peace or maintaining peace at, at, at any price, compromise is not peace. Right? We are not to, uh, to be people, you know, even just kind of just uh, walking on the you know eggshell like, oh, you know, make sure I don't wanna just like just step on anybody's toes. That's not peacemakers. Peacekeepers, they were just somehow, just somehow on the surface, as long as people don't get into conflicts, as long as people are just, you know, not get uh really just fighting with one another then I am good I'm doing my job and that will be peacekeepers but the peacemakers goes further than that right Jesus says blessed are the peacemakers not peacekeepers so it starts with the self right the question is have you made your own peace with god have you have you made a peace with god or are you still contending with God, still fighting tooth and nails and whatever it takes, kicking and just like screaming against God. No, I want this, God. I want it my way. You cannot be God. You cannot be my master and my Lord in certain areas of my life. Stay out. So we have to first start with ourselves. Have we made peace with God? Also, have you really really trusted uh, in Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I pray that you would listen to the call of God because God is calling you to come to Him in repentance. And there's nothing in this world that will give us lasting peace. Money certainly cannot buy you peace. Popularity cannot surely give you peace. Acceptance from people cannot truly give you peace, right? What good is having the whole world when your soul is restless? When you have no peace, what good is all the things that you may have achieved and have in your possession when you don't really have peace in your heart? Come to Christ and humble yourself before Him and acknowledge Him. Submit yourself to Him. So first, make peace with God yourself and then Jesus says the peacemaker blessed are the peacemakers and then as uh, as you have made peace with God right humbling yourself before him then you help others to find peace with him so you know uh, we're going to make the announcement but on July 21st which is two Sundays from today we're going to have a evangelism panel discussion The purpose of this is for us to ask people who, you know, most of our time is given over at work. So how can we also be uh, more effective witnesses for Christ? And so we are not actually bringing people from outside, experts from outside, but people from right here, people who are sitting here, some of us uh, who've had some experience in sharing their faith and becoming a witness for Christ at work. So we got us here of their experience and what they do and how they do things, right? So we are doing this kind of things where we can really, because God calls us to to make peace with other people, uh, help other people find peace with God. Jesus here didn't say, blessed are the pacifists or blessed are the peaceful. People who are, oh, I'm really cool. I'm, I'm at peace with myself. Or people who are like really agreeable that's not what Jesus said. Peacemaking involves positive action, not just passive compliance. Not only with God, but also with other people. And that's what God calls us to, right? To be the peacemaker, not only between someone else and God, but also between the people, make peace. And maybe if you have issues with somebody else, you are, you are also, we are also called to make peace with that person. Right. Peacemakers actively seek to bring, bring about peace, to cause reconciliation, and to end bitterness and strife. This peace is not appeasement, but dealing with and solving problems. You know, like the arrogant, selfish people were not concern themselves with peacemaking. Why would they? And as Christians, we should not be contentious or argumentative with other people. And Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Jesus says, they shall be called the sons of God. Now, the question is that who calls them sons? Who's, Who's calling them? Us? One another? Hey, peacemaker, you're the son of God. No. But uh, like here, the subject is God. God is calling the peacemakers sons of God. God calls us sons. God calls us children. He's the one who gives us, gives us the identity, not this world. Of course, you know, the government tells us that we are the U.S. Uh, the US citizens, right? But that's temporary. The true identity is that we are sons and daughters of God. We are children of God. And that's the identity. That's what God calls us. That our true self and identity comes from God. And he calls us his children. You know, to be called something by God is to be that something. To be called something by God is to be that something. Whatever that God calls, that's who we are. And God says, you are my child. That's what God calls us. You are my son, you are my daughter. And that's who we are. Because God calls it. When God says that, whatever God calls us, that's who we are. First Chronicles chapter 22, verses 9 and 10, uh, it says this. Behold, a son shall be born to you, God is speaking to you, who shall be a man of rest, or peace? I will give him rest from all his surrounding enemies, for his name shall be Solomon. And I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name. He shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish his royal throne in Israel forever. Even the word Solomon, it comes from, uh, uh, it comes from uh, shalom, which means peace right God tells David you are going to have a son and I'm going to call him Solomon he will be my son and I will be his father and throughout his reign though he, he was imperfect we all know that he messed up in many different ways and yet God called him my son and he will be a son who is called peace man of rest man of peace because that's what I call it that's who he is The same thing is what God does to us. As we make peace with him, as we make peace with God, and as we lead other people to make peace with him, and as we also seek to make peace among people who are in in conflict, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for I will call them my sons, my daughters, my children, Do you know what God calls you, peacemakers? Sons of God, daughters of God, the children of God. And that's who you are. Don't let anyone else or the world ever define you. Define who you really are. Because if you are in Christ Jesus, you are a beloved child of God. And that's what God calls you. No matter what this world says, this world will, and our parents or our people who are closer, you idiot, you loser. We even say to ourselves, what an idiot, I'm a loser, right? We call ourselves all these other things. But don't let, or even the world, ourselves, our parents, our coworkers, our bosses, it doesn't matter what they call us. Don't let that be who you are. Don't let that be the identity of your essence, of your being because what God says is you're my son you're my ch- uh, you're my you are my daughter i love you right i am your father right and that is enough that really is enough for us as we live this world though we have a lot of issues difficulties in our lives but that's what God tells us blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God, the children of God. So may that be our understanding and look to Him in every aspect of our lives that as we go through this life to really understand that God calls us to make peace first with God, with one another, and continue to uh, be proactive in our just uh, peacemaking uh, efforts. Let's pray. Let's go before the Lord. Let's take a moment to uh, come before Him. And um, let's look to God. Um, are you still in contention? Even as Christians, are you still fighting God on certain things? Insisting that things be done in a certain way. Say, God, I need you to do this. I have to have you, I have to have this. Make it happen, God. Do something about this. God, I don't really want to do this. Are you fighting God? You're submitting yourself to him, to the sovereignty of God. Have you made made peace with God? It doesn't matter how, how often you have, how many years you've been coming to church. Have you truly made peace with God? Because that's the first, the most important step for any one of us to make peace with God. And then we don't stay there, but to lead others to make peace with God. At work, neighbors, relatives, and family members who may not know Christ, God calls us to make peace, help them make peace with them, with Him, and also be peacemakers among those who are in conflict. And we need the power of God to do this. So let's go. Let's go before Him, and um, ask for His. Um, Empowerment. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son, your only son, Jesus, so that he could be offered as a peace offering, that we could truly now have peace with you through your son, Jesus. That it's not of ourselves. It's not because of what we have done that we have peace with you But it's only through what he has accomplished for us on the cross that we could have peace. And thank you so much. And we have no claim of righteousness on our own. But Lord, thank you for including us, that you, thank you for making us your children by his sacrifice and death and resurrection. And so, Lord, as you look out, there are still so many people around us who need Christ. And we come in daily contact with them. And Lord, forgive us for pretty much considering considering them as walking trees. That we don't really care much. But Lord, somehow speak to us. They will cause us to be in prayers, in intercession for them and also somehow use us to to bring peace between them and you. Not only that, when people are in conflicts or when we are in conflicts with other people, help us not to uh, simply sweep everything under the rug and pretend that everything is okay, but that we could truly turn to you that we will seek to make reconciliation because we have been forgiven, that we would extend forgiveness and also help people make peace. So Lord, use us as peacemakers in many different ways, in many different aspects so that we can truly be, be called the children of God, that you would call us children as we make peace. Lord, continue to lead us, empower us to do just that, Lord. And we thank you. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.